Welcome to episode 34 of the Request 2021 podcast. On the 12th of January 2022, with my COVID isolation finally over, the whole team had the privilege of visiting Port Lockroy, the Antarctic base which was set up by James Marr and his team during Operation Tabrin in World War II. There's also the Request interview with Matthew Lynch, from Tierra del Fuego, who was one of the members of the permanent crew on the Bark Europa. So it's 12th of January and we're here at Port Lockroy, which was uh, founded by James Marr and uh, the other members of the Operation Tabarin team who came here during the Second World War. So James Marr, our scout, is uh, highly associated with this place and he would have spent time in Bransfield House. We're going to hopefully get to visit that today, which is fantastic. The UK Antarctic Heritage Trust team don't arrive for another two days, uh, but we have a key to the hut uh, so we're very privileged to be able to, to visit Port Lockroy. Uh, see the penguins there, see the huts there. Um, and uh, hopefully we're going to get a photograph with the flag and the team. Um, and then we have some banners and things for photographs. So uh, it's quite exciting. Member of the uh, Bark Europa team is just going over to check out the buildings and check all is well and then uh, a group of us are going to be going over to the island two more okay. off you go alex oh you okay yeah yeah that was a nasty knock actually Whoa. Um, I'm on the, I'm on the, yeah, leprosy ship. See, look, Axel Sedsboy is hiding underneath that little alcove and keeping, uh, keeping sensibly dry. Wow. Okay, you have it flies? Yep. Are you all ready? Okay, guys, we got another zodiac over here. Is there a difference between who's going to the penguin colony and who's going to the... Let's say no, the only thing is that the isolation people go first to the base. Okay. So they go with you, but they have a solo uh, cruise. Yep. Yeah, I think if you're trying not going to the base, it's still indoors. Okay. Yeah, everyone here is base. Yeah, this is all base. Yeah. So, how many do I have? I get to dip for the first time! <laughs> oh. So, we need five in here more. Sorry? Five with the isolation people. Yeah, we're, see, we're, we have to go separate. Yeah. Yeah. So that's five. Okay, so 30. 
dark mask. So is there anyone else missing who should be going to the base first? I think we've got everyone. So 1, yeah. 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11, 12, 13, but 11, 14, 15. Oh, 15. So, yeah. So they, they got a private one. Yeah, 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 yeah. I was just counting to make sure oh, we're okay. leaving. Yeah, yeah. Because since we're going to different places. How, how many we got in this one? Oh, there's loads in this one. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten. Oh, yeah, yeah. That's all right then. There's loads in that one. Whew. That's all right. So you are the male woman. The male woman. I will get teary-eyed today. Know, this know, is man. really important Seven to me. Years in the making. No, this and and in all the original plans, it was to come to Port Lockroy. That was the original plan, and we had to cancel it because we thought it was closed. Yeah. So the fact we're here is a miracle, really. On, on your first landing. On my first landing. I've not actually stood on any Antarctic know, soil at know, all yet. This sounds, this sounds Do you know these boots? They personally? cost me 110 pounds right. to go to Port Lockroy for the day. Right. I won't ever need them again. <laughs> Alan, I, I, I forgot to bring swing trunks. Yeah. So I had to buy some. You had to buy some in your Schreier. So did so did Jen. So did Jen. They cost like I paid 50 yeah, yeah. quid. Jen there. paid really expensive. Oh yes. Well, thank you. I know, it's crazy, isn't it? <laughs> I know, I know, These are the most expensive muck boots ever. Oh, maybe one more landing, yeah. So hey, that'll work out £55 per landing yeah, per muck up. boot. <laughs> if, the, if, the, if that works out, <laughs> that is going We're looking good. The weather's uh, a little bit overcast. Is that a whale? No, it's penguins. Penguins. We should know by now. You spot the little, little guys. So, Port Lockroy. It does feel like a, a really good destination. Why not? Special. Special Yeah. To actually see where, in, in the Second World War, they, uh, they put this up. It was 1943, oh, okay. uh, is when they founded it, I think, 42, 43. It was a secret mission. The British government wanted a base where they could monitor other, other countries' traffic. Oh, okay. Um, but also, I think uh, there was very much um, an interest in the mineral rights at that time, and and yeah. Yeah. So in the Second World War, it was formed. Mm -hmm. It was called Operation Tabarin. Mm -hmm. 
there's a fantastic book called Operation Tabarin about this place. Oh, okay. And then it became the Falkland Islands Dependency Survey. So the Falkland Islands Dependency Survey was a British survey and that eventually became British Antarctic Survey. Now, there's a very good book called um, Operation Tabarin by Stephen Haddersley and uh, highly recommend it. Whew. You have to tell me later again so I can yeah, write down. Yeah, it's a good book. It's a really good read. The title. It's interesting because it, it links, in, links in the Second World War and Antarctica. And on the British Antarctic Survey website, they have a um, sound recording of one of the last men to work here, oh, uh, talking about the experience of working here. Just waiting for the Zodiac to come back. Private shuttle, yeah. <laughs> VIP. <laughs> but we don't have any bar in the shelter, in the zodiac. No. Oh. <laughs> oh. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, a beer. <laughs> These muck boots, expensive but uh, comfortable. Oh, I want to thank my mom for these muck boots because although I'm not going to use them very often, I wouldn't imagine they are perfect for today. I think this is a sensible place to wait. Ooh. It's nice and dry. Ooh. On um, Google Maps, you know Google Maps, you can drop a little man here and walk around really? Port Lockroy oh, okay. in 3D, in okay. three dimensions. Here comes our boat. <laughs> so Zodiac is coming back over for us. Take us over to join the rest of the team. Oh, I'm so excited that we finally get to come here. Ooh. First time in a Zodiac as well. <laughs> Axel, Sorry? first time in a Zodiac. Oh, yesterday? No, we weren't in a Zodiac. Oh, yes. Yeah. There we go. Let's wash my boots. The ritual washing of the boots. Or stepping on Antarctica. Yeah, this is Ooh, symbolic. Exciting, exciting. <laughs> I'm very happy.
Okay. Oh. Wait a moment, I need you to check if he uh, has the right mask let, with him. Let me your bags. Okay. Yeah. Oh, it's waterproof. Okay. This is okay. That's fine. Wait a minute, sir. Yeah. You already did it once. You don't need to do it twice. Oh, to, I, can't, uh, I can't undip. <laughs> okay, guys, enjoy. Thank you. Thank you. So you guys have done a Zodiac cruise before, right? No. No, not at all. No, this is the okay. first one. We were in the um, Sloopy yesterday. In the Sloopy. Okay. Yeah. Well, here as well. Um, yeah, normally instead of standing up, so we don't stand up, we just slide along. Slide along. Um, I'm gonna make it loose here. Okay. And then actually you can take off the clip. And then once you've taken it off, you can clip it into the shackle. Um, yeah, into that shackle there. Perfect. Perfect. Uh, yeah. Here we are. Okay. okay. Uh, you might have to slip on it again, I think. Actually, wait one second, maybe okay. we can just... That's okay, I'll just do it. Okay. Uh, what else for the life jacket? Yeah, oh, okay. Okay. So... <laughs> You guys can slide back a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Here we are. Ooh. You guys want to go slow and steady or fast and fun? However you like. Oh, good. Hold on. Woohoo! Just landed on Port Lockery and uh, oh wow, look at these penguins! So cool. There's penguin colony sort of all over the island. The black hut with the red and white windows. 
I've seen it in lots of photos, but pretty awesome to see it for real. Wow. Those are real life penguins. <laughs> yeah, I think we should. Oh yeah, look. They sort of made a little camp under the hut, the penguins. Where the hut's up on stilts. Ooh. Oh, this is brilliant. Uh. Ooh. Yeah. Hello, Mr. Penguin. You come to say hello? Ooh. Wow. Uh, what, a job as post office? Yes, because the Gen 2s are my favourite. They're just so oh, great. they're great, aren't they? Oh. That must be where they live. Yeah, yeah, that must be the accommodation. Yeah. This is the Bransfield hut. Right, I'm trying to take photos and do podcasts and... What a welcome! Oh. Base A! Look at that! It's Base A! I've been reading so much about this place. Kathy at Base A! That's pretty awesome! Yeah. Oh god, I didn't realise the penguins would be quite so close to the building. Yeah, they're literally just here. But are they here every year, right? They yeah, they're here yeah, all no, the time. Here. Yeah. That's why it's called the Penguin Post Office because it's just there's a penguin yeah. colony just as part of it. Am I supposed? Are we supposed to go here? I don't really mind what we do. I'm just in awe at the moment. I'm really pleased to be here. It's tiny, isn't it? The whole place is really small. A bit of it. So you can sort of do a, a full 360 on video. Everyone look this way. Everyone look this way. Oh yes please. Oh it's just point and click, I think. Ooh. Ooh. Ah. <laughs> We've got quite a few photos that we need to arrange at some point, but I should probably get one with the car in the background. Shouldn't that would be brilliant. <laughs> Welcome to Base A. Hello. <laughs> Welcome to Base A. <laughs> wow. Okay, so for the group photo, we're gonna we're gonna have to find somewhere to do like proper group photo anyway. So this one's more relaxed one. Look at the little penguins going down there. Whee! Keep squishing, guys. Just taking mask off for the photo. Space up here, guys. Come along, Okay, three. Hang on. One. 
<laughs> Great. Can you get one on Alan's phone as well, so we can send it to the blog? Oh yeah, that's yeah. But we've got we've got quite a few to do, haven't we? Yeah, but we can just get one for yeah. the blog. That's really helpful. I forgot we can't take can't get ones off there easily to the blog. Okay. <laughs> this is the first time all ten of us have got a photo since we yeah. got on the boat. <laughs> We could have done one, couldn't we? Yeah. Thanks, Beth. Cheers. Camera. Got it. Oh. Okay. Right. Are we going in? I assume we want just a few at a time, or we'll do it. Or let's see what Sarah says. Yeah, right, just indeed. poke your nose in and see the boot situation in there. Hopefully there's towels down. Yeah. You can pile them up. Yeah? Yeah. Yeah. Wow. We should be able to all go in at once. That would mean... Yeah. Just, just be sensible. Yeah. yeah. And maybe it's a good idea to put our masks on as well when we're inside. Yeah. Not a rule, just a personal... Sensible. Common sense. I will. <laughs> oh, there's a little flagpole on the end there. I don't know if we could use that. Maybe. Is that a flagpole mat? It looks like it. It's an aerial. Oh, it's an aerial. All right. Really struggling to keep these masks to stay on. Historic site and monument, the conservation program for this site and other British historic huts on the peninsula is managed by the United Kingdom Antarctic Heritage Trust. The trust is a not-for-profit charity. We are funded through proceeds from the Port Lockroy gift shop, membership fees and charitable donations. To learn more about the trust and find out how you can support us, contact. And it's got uh, www.ukaht.org. Wow. Okay. Put that there. Put that down for a second. Right. Just gonna take my boots off. One. Okay, sound recorder, camera, that's all I need.
Wow. Welcome to Port Lockery. The infamous post box. I'm just trying to get the post box. Yep. Okay. Toilet paper, 500 sheets. Deluxe, no thanks. Wow. It's better quality than I've got. Okay. Wow. Oh my god. I've done it out, so it's got the original color. I've got my. Oh my god! Ace Leader's office. Pound Carol. Oh, this is amazing. So we're wandering around the hut. I'm going to put my torch on. So this is the base leader's office, Alan Carroll, base leader in 1959. Even out here, you can still have an office job. Wow. So, and also to have it peaceful like this, because I imagine there's normally lots of tourists, yeah. Well, there's We're never... Never too many. No, but no. you're always kind of... Then I cannot 
lead and it's uh, and okay. they, uh, there's not much time then so it's like yeah whereas we have time to take yes. it in it's great oh thank you wow not longer than today you won't get me away <laughs> oh is it visitors <laughs> is that the book there yeah, but that's oh i see Whew. What's the date today? It's 12. It's, 12. it's already there. It's already there. Are we all writing our names on this? I think so. Uh -huh. So there's a picture here, Prince Philip visiting Port Lockbury in 1957 on the Royal Yacht Britann Britannia. And there's a bar, Gordon's Gin, Gold Flake Honeydew, oh, that'll be uh, Tobacco, I assume. Players Navy cut, obviously cigarettes. Sold in a tin. Some of the really old bottles. An old bottle of Johnny Walker. Roses lime juice cordial with a beautiful old label. And Grant's Scotch whiskey. Excellent, there he is in his, with his sledge, or with his skis. Yeah, I've got that one in my book. And there he is again. That's what George said. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I've met his son. His son looks very similar. Uh, let's have a look. Men of Tabarin 19... No, he wasn't there in 45. He'd left early. So he he was there for... Until about 43, 44. So he wouldn't have been there then. Someone else took over. 
Operation Tabaret. Pretty cool, really, when he was a scout, went as a scout to start with. He got such an important job. Yeah. Like, especially for British history. Mm. Operation Tabaret. I know, the book is really good. There's a book called Operation Tabaret, and it tells you the whole history of it. So that, that's yeah. Ma, and this one's Ma. Oh, yeah. Mansfield House in winter. Oh, some great old photos. I've not seen all of these. I've just seen no, a few of them. Yeah, I've got a couple in my book. I've got the, got the skiing one in my book, and that one's in my book. Yeah. Kushkin. There's a bookshelf. I know they're on the wall. I've seen them on the because you can do a 3D tour of this oh, online. I wasn't expecting that. There's a there's a 3D <laughs> tour of this you can do online. So yes, I've seen them. Yeah. You've got to remember these men were locked up here for a long period of time. You know. <laughs> the London Illustrated News. Antarctic Adventure, Sir Vivian Fuchs. Some great books. I think Axel has just come up with quote of the day. What's he said? Right. What did he say? Yeah. The Penguin Cookery Book. Yeah. Right. Is this a book of recipes involving penguins? <laughs> <laughs> uh, oh, wow. I love the radio room. Look at this. Oh, no. This is for doing ionospherics. So this is where they've done the... Um, yeah. This would be uh, really interesting to Alex. Where's Alex? Alex. Alex, what about linking this to your project? Because it's highly relevant. This ionospheric room. I reckon you could maybe do a bit of research on this. So this is called the Beastie. And it was used for upper atmospheric research. That's perfect. Oh, this is a Union Radio Mark II Ionosond. I'm not entirely, I'm not good at pronunciations. You always read these words, but never say them. Uh, so, an Ionosond of identical design to this instrument was used at Port Lockroy between 1953 and late 1961 including the period of the of the International Geophysical Year. This was donated by Professor L. Kersley from the University of Wales in the UK, and it was restored in 2001 by A.M. Carroll, base leader, and from born in November 1954. Oh no, that was not when they were born. They were base leader from November 1954 to March 1957. Cool. It's called the Beastie. I love the fact it's called the Beastie. Mm. The I first know. observations of the ionosphere above the Antarctic continent were made from Port Lockery in 1948. The ionosphere is the region of the outer atmosphere extending upwards from 30 miles to 370 miles of the Earth's surface. Here, electro ele electrically charged gases reflect radio waves around the world.
the atmosphere and Earth-space interface. The ionized E layer, ionized D layer. I feel like we're quite privileged getting it quiet like this, you know, yeah. without other members of the public coming and going. I imagine it's um, imagine it's quite so. If you get like a whole ship come in at once, you probably don't get much time to really take it in. Ionospherics. I love old-fashioned kids, though. Yeah, they look it. impressive, don't they? Uh, you got to admit, they do look the part, don't they? Well, look at, and it's all sort of. Mm-hmm. And there is good evidence that well-managed tourism does not affect the breeding of penguins. Well, that's good. I adopted one of these for my niece for Christmas. What, one of these penguins? One of these ones, yeah. <laughs> She's going to get a postcard from the penguin. Because <laughs> <laughs> we're, we're running out of room. <gasps> the final things. <laughs> This is fantastic. It's oh, just amazing. Yeah. Oh. Yeah, Tabarin was a nightclub apparently in, Par yes. in Paris. In Paris. Yeah. Exactly. That's where they got the name. She's my favorite. <laughs> <laughs> oh, wow. Yeah, I heard about these because um, I'm a member of UK Antarctic Heritage Trust. They do talks and they did a talk specifically on these artworks. Yeah. yeah. They're amazing, really. They are, especially like these. Yeah. From under the thing. They really have. And there's one more here. One behind the door? Aha! Uh -huh. She's Heidi. She's scary, yeah. <laughs> yeah, apparently they uncovered these, didn't they? They were yes. painted over. They were painted yeah. over in the 80s. These were the ladies. Because you get a load of blokes in a hut for that long, and they're going to do something, aren't they? Because <laughs> until 2010, the people running for top were now they were sleeping here. They were using this, so they each had one gun. Yeah. But they didn't have the Nissan hut. Nissan in Norwegian it means uh, gnome or like little. Uh huh. So then they built that. They rebuilt it in the original look. And then they started taking care of this space, and then mm. they discovered these paintings. Yeah. Do you mind when I wait outside? Can no, no. you no. can go outside. No. Yeah. Yeah. But it's uh, only on the little path, yeah. or on the rocks you can no, see. Because they've done a lot of Please effort to sort of give a feel for what it was like, they haven't they? Yeah. It's really sort of... I love these yeah. sorts of names. Yeah. Look at some of this gear. Yeah, they had a talk on, so U UK Antarctic Heritage Trust did a talk on these paintings. Hydrographic service. It is part of the history. <laughs> what, that coat? Yeah. 
The temptation is yeah, we shouldn't really touch oh, anything. Look, oh yeah. <laughs> I wonder if that is fram, fram. the one from Oslo. Fram. Yeah, it will be the one from Oslo, isn't it? Uh, um, he oh, here's a person. The actual person, fram. Yeah. Have you seen the face on that one? That was in my nightmare for the rest of my life. Yeah, the one behind the door. Have you seen her? Oh no, she's quite scary. <laughs> Sophia Loren. Oh, no, who's that supposed to be? It's supposed to be Sophia Loren. The others are quite good, but that does not look like Sophia. Loren. No, I mean there's her. Like that the does guy. look like Doris Day. It looks like the guy in Greece. <laughs> oh yes, you're right. No, no, you're right. It does look a bit like Doris Day. No, it's it's Doris Day, but there is a bit of John Travolta about her. I suppose so, but I I I do think it's Doris Day. It is Doris Day. That's not weird. Yeah, that is Doris Day. Ava Gardner. Yeah. Communications room, Morse key. Another Morse key. Communications. Post office was reopened when Bransfield House was restored in 1996. During the summer season, the post office sells 80,000 postal items. That's pretty incredible, isn't it? Okay, so I'm in the kitchen. We've got tins of pineapple, Smedley's Select Dessert Gooseberries, Smedley's Golden Plums, Snowville Ice Cream Powder, and then you've got Pearson Duff's Custard Powder and Pearson Duff's Blancmange Powder. Oh, just some of these old jars and things. Reminds me of my grandma's scullery when I was a little boy. So, Quaker Oats. Then you've got the inevitable Worcestershire sauce, HP sauce, cream of tartar, mayonnaise, horseradish, capers, custard powder, chocolate powder, fit for a fid, Falkland Island Sea Dependency Survey, so it's an Antarctic cookbook. Have you, see, have you seen the recipe on the table, Matt? Yeah, yeah seal brain. Seal brain on toast. What you need is one prepared seal brain, three reconstituted eggs, one dessert spoon of tomato sauce, three ounces of butter, grated cheese, hot toast, salt, pepper, and a little grated nutmeg. Chop up the brains into very small pieces and mix together with eggs, tomato sauce and nutmeg. Heat the butter in a saucepan, pour in the mixture and cook for a minute or two, stirring all the time. Serve on hot buttered toast sprinkled with grated cheese. That's the recipe for savoury seal brains on toast. Penguin cookery book. <laughs> And then there's some great tins here. I'm going to read some of these out. We've got dried apples, uh, margarine in a tin, coffee, 
malt vinegar, dried onions, wholemeal in a tin, rolled oats, macaroni, oatmeal, Chivers English crown, English grown turnips, golden Swede turnips in a tin, spaghetti, dried yeast, Horlicks, Tate and Lyle cube loaf sugar, Huntley and Palmer's biscuits. There's some great ones, isn't there? So good. They're amazing, some of them. I, I I remember when I was very little, my Nan's scullery being like this. She had things from, like, that were even, you know, really old labels and things. She never threw anything away. Neither did my granddad. I once found a um, something, and it was from 1994. Bovril Oh, oh no! Got to get a photo yeah, of that. Come back There's one on the side in there that I got up close. The ingredients sound disgusting, but we all give you. Well, pemmican is, isn't yeah. it? Bovril pemmican. Oh, oh. Yeah. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> oh god, is that because we've been on the boat so yeah. much? This is what I was like the first couple of days climbing that mountain. What have we got in here? Wow. There's a safe dark room. This is used for scientific work and recreational photography. Bronco toilet paper. That looks the stuff. <laughs> Get their sleeves for like. Wow. They really have sort of tried to keep it so you get an idea of the whole place. Look at this Bronco toilet paper. It just doesn't look like it would uh, be very... It doesn't look like it'd be very soft. I feel like what they were eating might have required not a soft toilet. No, I think you're right. Look at this skis. Skis on the roof. Because you always keep your skis on the roof. The workshop, this room was originally built as a workshop in 1945 and fitted out with a workbench along the north wall. Oh, this is a real privilege to walk around here. What's this one? Oh, it's in the kitchen. Branston pickle. I wonder if that Branston pickle is still edible. Probably not, Alan. Bring on the Branston. That's what I said. <laughs> <laughs> How long have we got, Sarah? As long as you want. Oh, good, because we need to take some photographs of the team and maybe with the flag and things like this. So, you were. Yeah. This was okay. your dream. You oh, this is a, this is just amazing. Yeah. I'm I'm a bit in I'm a bit in awe. Yeah. Yes, please. Just when you 
when you go outside, yeah, you yeah. cannot go away from the park. No, I understand. Especially now. No. But otherwise, stay as long as you want. Oh, that's brilliant. Thank you. Do we need to organise the photos? Let's get organised on those photos then, because we've got to do them. Uh, oh, I, I suppose I could uh, stand, at the bar. stand at the bar, really. <laughs> <laughs> I need a pint of beer. So I have done one video so far for mine. Um, but yeah, you can, I can do one now if you want to. It's a perfect place to do one. Well, do you want to go just outside then you can take your mask off? Oh, that's good, yeah. Oh. And then the penguins as well, you can point that and say I've been recording. Oh, should we, we wait until everyone goes outside or? Oh, yeah, it won't be quiet then. It won't be quiet. Oh, let's go and do one now. It's just putting boots on and off. Oh. Oh, which way are we going? It's this way, isn't it? No, there's a um, message board. So, from one ship, if you know someone on another ship, you Oh, that's ship. nice. And then when they say, then they come, you look for it. There was nothing for me this time. Oh. I've left ours down there, a little gift for them. Can I squeeze past? Yeah. Just gonna pop out for a bit and maybe some time. Yeah, not too, <laughs> no, not too a, literal. It's a famous Thank quote. You. I know. <laughs> I will just go outside <laughs> and maybe some time. <laughs> I know. Yeah. Oh. Catch your notes. Okay. Check on the lines. Okay. Whew. Wow. That might be good up here. Oh, sorry. Oops. Up to you. <laughs> Wee, yeah. Penguin poo. Hello, Mr. Penguins. Ooh. This is the closest I've been to penguins the whole time. True. <laughs> this all the experiences here. Oh, this is just this is just great. I mean, this is fantastic. I, I I did loads and loads of research about this place. Yeah. And I was so wanting to come here, and then I thought I spoke to Camilla Nickel. I actually interviewed her. She's the UK Antarctic Heritage Trust. She's the um, the manager. Oh yeah. And uh, she uh, said, oh, "I'm really sorry, you're not going to be able to go because we'll be closed." Yes. So this is just for me too. Oh, just brilliant. Know. Yeah. So I assume this is where they actually live when they are here. That must be their 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 sleeping accommodation because they don't sleep in there. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So that must be where they live. Yeah. And what's the what's the other little hut? Just a shed. Yeah. yeah. Uh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. It's an amazing job because um there's a video called uh the Penguin Post Office. It was a a TV program. And they they advertise for the job every year. I know. Loads of applicants. Yeah, yeah. Really? Oh, well done. 
<laughs> oh, definitely. It's your your perfect job. <laughs> okay. So I think if you can get a bit of red window and penguins, I think you can't really go wrong. We're definitely at Port Lockbury. Right, a bit of video. No, no, just put it on video. So back to that one and just press the video button. Oh, that one. Yeah, and that gives you half an hour of video. So. Right, I can lose the mask, can't I? So for my project, I've been using this uh, Zoom H5 sound recorder and that enables me to record sounds of uh, the wildlife, the penguins. Uh, I've also got uh, a cable that I can connect to it to record underwater. Um, so I've been putting that over the side of the Zodiac and over the side of the ship uh, to actually get some underwater sounds. Um, I've been interviewing members of the crew and fellow passengers. Um, so uh, it really has been sort of all about sound for me. Um, so that's my project. Where are we today and what have you been recording today? So uh, today we're at Port Lockroy, uh, which is an absolute dream for me to be at Port Lockroy. I've dreamed of being at this place for many, many years um, and to actually be here uh, with the penguins. And uh, this is base A, this is the base A hut and you can walk around the hut and you can see um, the rooms are laid out sort of respectfully as to how they used to live so you can see their clothing you can see the bedding you can see the tins in the in the kitchen and the sort of food that they had uh, so I've really enjoyed just sort of wandering around the hut and finding out about the place um, okay any other questions no. Good, I'll do a bit on James Marr Okay. So, uh, <laughs> that one's going to be in the edit bin. <laughs> Retake. So, um, I can tell you a little bit about the history of this, that there was a secret operation called Operation Tabarin uh, during the Second World War. And our scout, who went with Shackleton in 1921, James Marr, uh, he was selected as the leader of Operation Tabarin and uh, he came to here to Port Lockroy um, and established uh, Base A uh, and they established another, uh, a few other bases in the region, one at Deception Island and, and some other bases in the region. Now that was called Operation Tabarin during the war. That then became the Falkland Islands Dependency Survey. And the Falklands Island Dependency Survey went for a number of years, eventually morphed into what we know today as the British Antarctic Survey. So we can honestly say that our scout, James Marr, was fundamental to the foundation of the British Antarctic Survey. Cool. Thanks for that. Can you do a video of me? Of course I can. Perfect for you. Yes, absolutely. So what I'll do, I'll, I'll start on you, do a zoom into the panels. 
I'll zoom into the panels. Well, I've got that, we can edit that in. Right, so that's just a sort of dunk dunk. Okay. And you can sort of refer to the panels by sort of putting your arm up, yeah. <laughs> you ready? We're here at Port Lockroy, which is uh, owned and managed by the UK Antarctic Heritage Trust. And here at Port Lockroy, they have solar panels on one of the buildings over there, and that's how they generate the majority of their electricity. Even on a day like this, there's a lot of, uh, it's about 100% cloud cover. They'll still be generating some electricity, obviously more when there's no cloud and bright sunshine. Just on the other side of this building, they've got a new generator shed, which houses a modern uh, generator so that they can use that if the solar panels aren't providing quite enough energy for what they're doing at any given time. Perfect. That's good. I know. I know, the wind vane's not actually moving, is it? Yeah, I know. Yeah. Do we want the camera up here? I I think and us sort of I think there with that hut behind might be quite like or the or do we want the base stay behind? Yeah. I quite like that view, but it's not really it might be better to have base A. So if we just have sort of two lines of people here, yeah, get shed and icebergs in the background. Yeah. Does that work? It does, but it doesn't say Port Lockroy to me as much as this does. Well, why don't we line up the same way? It might, I, I think it'd be better if we had the team sort of on the ramp, on the ramp and down to there. And then we're taking the photo from there, and then you've got penguins and the hut. Yeah, 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 we don't need those. <laughs> so, <laughs> look at this little guy. Hello, mister. He's got like his little walkway. <laughs> okay, so we, we need the flag. We need. I need my bag out, don't I? Just my bag, yeah, just my bag. Thank you. And if we can have the whole team out here. So how many are we missing? There's about five of them in there, I think. It's tricky to get out. It is. Ooh. We're going to do some photos. Yeah. I don't have a problem. We're not in a big hurry. If he's enjoying himself, that's good. So I'm here at Port Lockray, standing right next to the Gentoo penguins. Wow. We couldn't really have had a more amazing experience here. It's so beautiful. Yeah. I know you've missed out before. Yeah. But we've never been anywhere not, close. Not this close. I think they're more used to the tourists as well, these ones. Yeah. I mean, we're still a good, five, respectful five metres away. <laughs> Look at the little baby chick under that one. So cute. I know. <laughs> it's cheeky. 
They are so funny. Just taking some photos of the plaque so that we've got a record of it actually being here at Putlock Roy. Need to get one of it near the base A sign. Let's go over. Put my sound recorder down for a moment. So just having a final walk around the base A Bransfield house generator shed. This building was constructed in 1958 and replaced the very small generator space in the original base workshop. It's the most recent building at Port Lockroy and housed two Lister generators and a smaller Enfield generator. And we have the bathroom. Water was rationed as the melting of snow and ice was a time-consuming task, particularly during summer when snow cover was at a minimum. A bath or shower was taken by the person whose turn it was to gather the snow. Therefore, when nine people were on base, it would be every nine days. So there's a map showing the surrounding bays and mountains and then we come through there's all the fire buckets and then there's a dark room so the dark room was used for both scientific work and recreational photography I have to put my uh, flash on photo of the dark room it's pretty good so now we come into the workshop ah, it reminds me of my granddad's workshop bench with all the tools up on the wall with different slots to fit in the chisels and the pliers and the saws so that they can all fit nicely on the wall Take some photos. And then uh, the rest of the workshop, there's skis on the roof. Uh, lovely, beautiful wooden skis and lots of uh, materials and nails and screws brackets, things that would be used for fixing and uh, mending things. Another fire bucket. And then brings us down to, there's like a little toilet at the bottom here. So it's called the heads. The toilet on the base was a portaloo bucket located in this room. 
It was referred to as the heads, uh, which is a mariner's term. The name derives from sailing ships in which the toilet area for the regular sailors was placed at the head or bow of the ship. So this is the heads. And they've got Bronco toilet paper, which I think is a fantastic uh, brand name. And Playboy's uh, Miss August and Miss June uh, adorn the, uh, the head's walls. So you can tell it was definitely men that were here in those times. Okay sort of storage area shelving more equipment more wood drums really fascinating and it's also beautifully preserved i mean the uk antarctic heritage trust have done a great job to sort of give you that feel of how the place was so i'm going to move through uh, we've got the base leader's office here. It says Alan Carroll, base leader, Port Lockroy, 1959. This small room was once the base dark room, uh, but in 1959, when the new generator shed was built, the dark room was relocated to its current position, and base leader Alan Carroll took over this space as his office. So, take a photo of Alan Carroll's office. Okay. So going through into the kitchen, each base member took it in turns to cook meals and bake bread on the coal-fired stove. All of the provisions supplied were either tinned or dried. Snow or ice blocks were brought in from outside and melted in a tank in order to provide fresh water. So they got all their fresh water from the ice. And the tins in here are just amazing. Um, so you've got all sorts of things. I'm going to read some of the tins out. Andrew Lusk and Co. of London, 1845. Wholemeal. We've got dried onions, rolled oats, a tin of macaroni and spaghetti. And then there's Chivers Gold Standard English Grown Golden Swede Turnips in a tin. Yellow split peas dried green peas and Smedley's garden fresh peas. There's a tin of mashed potato and dried apples. So I'm going to take some photos of these tins, uh, which I can post up on the podcast page. And over here we've got some fruits. We've got pineapple, Paradise brand pineapple, Smedley's golden plums, Snowville ice cream powder, uh, really evocative of a golden age, some of this stuff. Uh, Pierce Duff's custard powder and Pierce Duff's blancmange powder. And the blancmanges, they've got different flavours. We've got apricot flavoured blancmange, peach, strawberry, almond, raspberry and chocolate flavoured blancmange. And then we've got lots of spreads and pickles. Uh, we've got HP sauce, of course, Worcestershire sauce, uh, cream of tartar, we've got Heinz mayonnaise, and horseradish relish. And there's big tins of 
fresh beans sliced potato strips so 12 pound tins of uh, these uh, carrot strips potato strips french beans there's another one here with green cabbage there's peak friends famous biscuits it's a real amazing collection we've got huntley and palmer's biscuits with that beautiful famous huntley and palmer tin there's hot chocolate powder cocoa quaker oats everything you would need and then there's some soaps here we've got sunlight soap and vim i always remember vim and there's polish for polishing lino floors and then we've got some tins of meats so we've got luncheon meat luncheon beef royal pork sausages hunters royal pork sausages casseroles of course there's marmite marmite yeast extract there's a christmas pudding from 38 wesley street in glasgow and a tate and lyle or lyle's golden syrup there's lyle's golden syrup pork and beef luncheon meat brisket beef crawford's delightful biscuits well, some of these are just fantastic so just making sure i've got photos there's coffee and margarine in a tin baking powder of course there's loaf loaf sugar horlicks and yeast so dried apples and all around the kitchen we've got a big big arga uh, and a big water tank that's obviously filled up from the ice where they melt it from the arga so that's the kitchen I'm going to walk through I can hear there's others in the other room let's have a walk into the radio room so the radio room the base radio operator maintained daily schedules with the Falkland Island Dependency Survey Office in Stanley. In addition to this, there was a regular contact with other bases and ships. Uh, it was also possible to receive the BBC World Service and other radio stations, so they could keep in touch with the outside world. This is a great room. Let's take some photos. I've got the flash on, so it should come out. Have some of the radio equipment. We've got the Morse key there uh, radio okay take a photo of the Morse key oh, that's great Now coming into the bunk room, so this room was the work room of the original building and it was converted into a bunk room in 1952. <sighs> poster of Operation Tabarin on the wall, or, or a poster of the Tabarin nightclub which Operation Tabarin was named after. And this is the room where there's uh, pictures of scantily clad famous women. We've got Jane Russell, the popular American actress. 
And we've got uh, over here, Diana Dawes, famous British actress, 1950. And Sophia Loren. Oh, that's Ava Gardner. So we have Ava Gardner. Now, I think there's one on the back of the door, yeah. So this is Sophia Loren. Okay. And there's Liz Taylor. Uh, Jane Mansfield. And there's one of Doris Day. So there's, the bunks are laid out as they would have been. And there's also uh, quite a lot of boots and clothing. Another pair of skis up on the roof. I love the way it's all been laid out so you get a feel for how it was. It's a fantastic museum. And again, we've got some of the uh, packages and items that would have come with them. Uh, we've got a Bovril Pemmican. So Pemmican is the uh, highly sustaining food consisting of albumin and fibrin of beef and animal fat etc for use in cold regions. The Antarctic Ski Club formed at Potlock Roy on 21st of December 1956. Alright, there's a cool badge there. I'm going to take a photo of that. Of the Antarctic Ski Club. Okay. So that's the bunk room. Lots of artifacts on the bunks. Explosive harpoon fragments. Artifacts found locally from the whaling days of 1911 to 1931. So early history of Port Lockroy. Port Lockroy is one of the few sheltered harbours with secure anchorage around the Antarctic Peninsula. And it had an important role in Antarctic history. It was discovered on the 19th of February 1904 by John Baptist Charcot. Uh, during the Fen French Antarctic Expedition of 1903 to 1905 and named after the French politician Edouard Lockroy. Gaudia Island, on which the British base stands, was named after the chief engineer of the expedition ship Francaise. After wintering further south at Booth Island, Francaise hit a rock and came to Port Lockroy for repairs. The British Grahamland expedition of 1934 to 1937 used Port Lockroy as a staging post. An advance party arrived aboard the RRS Discovery 2, the successor to Discovery. The men landed some of the expedition's stores and husky dogs, which were later transferred to the expedition ship Panola and taken to the winter base on Galinde Island, 50 kilometres or 30 miles further south. Love this Royal Navy great coat and melts. Let's take a photo of that. 
Uh, Operation Tabarin, 1943 to 46. And it's got a menu there. And there's a plaque to Ivan Mackenzie Lamb, member of Operation Tabarin, 1943 to 45, from his children, Eric, Frank, and Nina, Port Lockroy, Antarctica. Falkland Islands Dependency Service, that was uh, the organization that uh, managed Port Lockroy after Operation Tabarin and before it became British Antarctic Survey and later the UK Antarctic Heritage Trust took it over to manage. Love all the uh, penguin paperbacks by the side of the bed the old covers. That's okay. Ooh. Okay, so going into the lounge, this room was the social center of the base. Meals were eaten around a large table and the walls were lined with a well-stocked library. So there's a bar and behind the bar we've got uh, some Wild Woodbine cigarettes, some players navy cut. They're in tins, the cigarettes are in tins. And there's some gold flake honeydew tobacco that must be. And some of the bottles, old bottles of Gordon's dry gin and old blend Scotch whiskey behind the bar. We've got the table where they will have all sat and eaten their meals. And a library. Antarctic Adventure, Sir Vivian Fawkes. Then we go into the Ionospherics room. This was the original mess room and also served as a bunk room. In 1952, it was partitioned off to, in its present size and used as the combined radio meteorology and base office. The following year, it was converted to house the ionospherics equipment. So lots of research done in this room. In the center is a really large device, the Union Radio Mark II Ionosound, uh, which is nicknamed the Beastie. And it's for measuring up Upper atmospheric research. So it's covered in dials and switches. The automatic ionospheric recording equipment. There's lots of uh, ionospheric data charts and reports and other radio equipment and recording equipment. Oh, and there's thing, things about whistlers, yeah. So whistlers first recorded in the Antarctica at Port Lockroy. So when lightning strikes, it creates not only a flash, but also a pulse of radio waves that travel out through our atmosphere into space and back to Earth along the magnetic lines of force. 
very low frequency receivers can be used to convert these waves to sound. The long journey made by each pulse spreads the signal out creating whistling sounds of different pitches. The whistlers that you hear at Port Lockroy have all emanated from thunderstorms in eastern North America and the West Atlantic. 40-year-old World Globe demonstrates the path taken by whistlers along the earth lines of magnetic force. Let's take a photo of the globe. So the ionosphere is a region of the upper atmosphere above about 100 kilometers 60 miles where some of the atoms are ionized broken into negative electrons and positive nuclei by the sun's radiation the amount of ionization is affected by sunspots and solar flares and varies with time there is less ionization at night and during the dark polar winter Additional ionization is associated with the aurora. It's a little bit about the British Antarctic Oral History Project, and uh, you can find those recordings on the UK Antarctic Heritage Trust website. And in 1985, they did an oral history project to preserve some of the memories of those who'd worked closely with uh, or for Operation Tabarin and the Falkland Islands Dependency Survey, um, along with the British Antarctic Survey um, to the present day. So the project uh, collects personal stories and testimonies of those involved in British polar science. Uh, so they're well, well worth a listen if you uh, want to visit that website. So we're just having a look at the pantry. Oh, wow. So more stuff. Look how they've, uh, they've, they've written little notes of milk, 77, pots old, 73. <laughs> that's great. And this is made from packing chests. Yes. Oh. Look at that. No, that's fine. That's, no, it's, no, it's no problem. You can appear on the podcast. <laughs> yeah, yes, cool. Look at that. So we've got thing. chutney and scotch oats. I love the book as well, recording everything. And pemmican. Stewed steak. Stewed steak. <laughs> and this says for bread, buns, steamed puddings. Steamed puddings. But I read steamed penguins. Yeah. <laughs> there we go. Casserole. I love this. Look at this. Quick cooking meat bar. <laughs> Ministry of Agricultural Fisheries and Food. So it's just a bar of meat? What is it? It's, it's like it's probably like OXO, uh, is it like OXO? I think like how do you call yeah. it? Pemmican? Oh like it's pemmican, very, yeah. Like yeah. they've got bovril pemmican. Yeah. Very common to take on sledding yeah. journeys and expeditions. Take one take one up there as well. I love those I love those jars. Look at those. Royal port. <laughs> Oh, that's great. Thank you for that. Yeah, I discovered it. This, I didn't discover it before. It has a little... A little... Uh, here on the oh, is there a bolt? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, bolt. <laughs> <laughs> okay, and thank you. Like 
Wow. Yeah. Oh, it's magic. Okay. So we're just coming back from Port Lockery to the Bark Europa on the uh, Zodiac. What a fantastic experience that was. I'm so grateful to the UK Antarctic Heritage Trust for all the work that they do to maintain that place. Speeding back to Bark Europa. That's made it all worthwhile. It was so worth coming. And to get all the group photos, it couldn't have been a more appropriate place. That's uh, icing on the cake for me. Woo. Everything else is a bonus from here on. Oh, yeah. Woo! It's great going fast on the Zodiac. Okay, just coming in. Need to turn the sound recorder off, really. And here we go with our interview with Matthew Lynch from Tierra del Fuego, one of the permanent crew members on the Bark Europa. Do a little interview, Matthew. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> might be a bit interrupted with the Zodiac, but That's yeah. okay. No, that's so fine. We can stop if it comes. Yeah, so tell me about how you got involved in the Bark Europa so young. Well, uh, so, so my family is the, the first family that came to live to Tierra del Fuego uh, many years ago. And they started a farm that was also the first farm. So you know, there's a lot of history around it. So uh, we work with tourism now. We get people that uh, come over to see all the time on the farm yeah so, yeah okay so that's your so, main income for the farm is to, to yes at the moment yeah we we stopped a bit with the farming you know it's not a, a very easy la uh, part of land to work uh-huh so it was actually more profitable to to do tourism and uh. at, there was a moment that we do the two activities but then it was just uh too much you know yeah. doing they w tourism by itself is a lot of work and farming by itself is a lot of work yeah. combining them together yeah. you just you just can't manage it so it all, it all started with this book called Uttermost Part of the Earth, written uh -huh. by Lucas Bridges. Yeah. So he is the, the son of my great-great-grandfather. Okay, so it's um, quite an old book, The Uttermost Part. Yeah. Okay, I need to look out for this one, yeah? <laughs> yeah, it's yeah. a good one. Yeah. So a lot of people started to read, well, it actually started with my grandmother. She read about this book when she was on a trip in, in Venezuela. She came down and then she came... I think she was in Bariloche, uh -huh. and her a friend of her got sick, so she found this book there, read it, and really loved it. So she came down to uh, to meet this place, you know. So it was a book that brought the family here. Yeah. Okay. Uh, and she was a 
I can't a botan uh, studied botanics. Yeah. So well, she she married my grandfather, and she was going all around the island collecting plants. Uh huh. Uh, till she found this uh, weird skull one time. Right. And she wasn't sure what it was, and there was some specialist visiting. I can't quite remember who it was. Uh huh. So she shows it to him, and he's completely amazed and tells her there's about five of those in the world or seven in the world and okay. one was one of those right so she then started to collect uh, bones uh -huh. because there's a certain base in Tierra del Fuego that uh, a lot of animals get stranded in yeah and also because there's no other land all around the world basically there's a lot of uh, uh, strandings that go like sick animals end up there as well okay and was the was the uh, bones ever identified I think it was an uh, Hector's big whale Oh, okay. But okay. I can't remember exactly. No, no. Oh, fair enough. Okay. So she would work with interns all the time, mm -hmm. and they would help her with. Well, they would come and do follow, continue with the research. You know, use the the collections, help her with her research. Yeah. And they would help with the guiding of the museum. She started a museum. She got us a, a really, really big collection. Yeah. It's, it's actually one of the most important collections in oh, the world wow. that one okay. person and has. And where's it kept now? It's at the farm That's in, in Harbinton. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Uh, so. Since they were interns, it's always hard to get people to come early in the season. Yeah. So when I was uh, when I was ten, I mean brother eleven, she asked us if we could come over when we finished school, and guide for a few weeks or a month ah, till okay. all the interns were free of university and could yeah. come over. Yeah. So you became a, a tourism guide quite young. Yeah. <laughs> so I was guiding the museum, uh -huh. and Europa came came into Harbiton because we are uh -huh. on the Beagle Channel. Yeah. And there's where I met Lex. He was the uh, expedition leader at the moment. Okay. And he was quite happy with uh, all what I knew about the, the marine mammals. Yeah. They're actually almost the same as in, in Antarctica. You know, there's this very small variety. You've got Here you have some more penguins, but uh -huh. the rest, it, you, everything you can the find here. The bird life you can is find very there. similar so to the So the bird, the whales, the yeah. seals. Well, you don't really get weddled seals or crabbiter seals very okay. much. They do, you, you can find them stranded sometimes, yep. once in a while. But yeah. it's not something you see all the time. Yeah. Yeah, uh, but it's it's mostly uh, the same. Um, so, well, that's actually where I got the pictures they put in the deck house. They're all from her museum. Ah, cool. So he got. So how old would you have been now? Now, when you when he came. Sorry. When, well, how old would you have been when you first? Uh, came on in Europe. Yeah, I was Europe. 14. 14. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So, so yeah, that was the way. Actually, Lex was quite motivated to to get me on board to come to Antarctica and to see all of this. Because of course, I had, I knew a lot about all the bones and everything, but I have never even seen a whale. I yeah. just saw a few yeah. dolphins in the uh, in the area, but that was all. Okay. So yeah, I came when I was 14. I got invited to to join, and I was a ship boy. Yeah. And got fascinated with the sailing so you know asked yeah, if I course. could volunteer as a deckhand the coming years and uh -huh. I sailed as a deckhand uh, quite a few times quite a few years after that uh -huh. uh, always to Antarctica except one time I did the Cape to Cape that you know so we come down to Antarctica so oh, Georgia so you've done Cape to Cape, Cape, Cape as well yeah. wow yeah, so that's a completely different experience with it. yeah it's very yeah. different and South Georgia yeah. is also quite a special place uh-huh and very different to the peninsula you've got similar wildlife but a completely different place yeah uh, and and yeah well it was a it was actually the plan this whole time to get a guide. I uh -huh. actually never knew that till about eight years after sailing with them or something like that. Yeah. And I forgot to ask you what you do outside um, of Bulk Europa in the rest of the year. So, so tell mm. me what you, because you're studying, aren't you? Yeah, I'm studying mechanical engineering. Um, I'm now specializing or, or what would be uh, a master's in mechatronics. 
So mechatronics. Yeah, it's kind of a combination of mechanic, uh, mechanics and electronics. Oh, cool. Or like automation it's and totally robotics. Totally different. <laughs> I absolutely. I Couldn't do. Be more different. Yeah, I have. I usually have. You know, quite the uh, difficulty choosing what I want to do because. Yeah. Because I really like nature, and you know, I think about going on like on a cabin in the middle of nowhere and like mm -hmm. have nothing. Mm -hmm. And on the other hand, I really like technology. So <laughs> it's yeah, it's hard to decide. Yeah. So what was your earliest polar memory? Your first memory of Antarctica? My first memory was arriving to South Shetland to uh -huh. Barrientos Island, barely seeing any snow. I was like, what? <laughs> is this supposed to be Antarctica? <laughs> <laughs> it's all rock. Yeah. <laughs> then we got to the continent part and it's like, okay, this is what I imagined as okay. Antarctica. So um, I'm going to ask you our special question, which is um, if you could go back in time and you could meet Sir Ernest Shackleton, what would you want to ask him? Hmm. <laughs> that's, that's quite a tough question. Yeah. Yeah. I you know, they've, they've had like a lot of things go wrong also, and you know, they had their, their troubles. Uh huh. So I, I think I would ask if he ever regretted uh, doing it. Ah, okay. Know? Doing I, any of it. Yeah, yeah. like even, even if it's at a, a moment, you know, it does happen to me sometimes. We have uh -huh. a, a really bad crossing or something. Yeah. And I just go like, why did I come here? I know, <laughs> I know I this, this is like this, you know, why, why do I keep doing it? Yeah. And, you know, then I get here and it's like, okay, now I remember why yeah. I do it. Yeah. But, you know, if, if he ever got, you know, they, they had it way worse than we did. So, mm -hmm. you know, if this mm -hmm. idea ever crossed his mind as well. Mm. I'm sure it did. I don't know. <laughs> we, we will never know. Okay. <laughs> okay, so that's uh, that's cute. Uh, Unexpected. So, is there something unexpected you could tell us about yourself? Maybe someone uh, famous you have met, or something interesting that you have done. Um. Well, I think the whole story of how I got here is quite interesting. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, yeah I've not. Well, I did. I did meet someone famous one time. I, I met uh, Orlando Bloom. Oh, brilliant! Yeah, he's he, from Kent. Oh, really? Yes. I didn't know that. So he's from where we are in in England. Yeah, yeah. and. And there was this this uh, sailboat that stopped also at, at Anchor and Harbourton and stayed there for a few days. Uh huh. And we weren't really sure what they were doing. We'd see them go down with some little boats around. Uh huh. Uh, till we called them on the radio one time, and they were coming to Antarctica. They were they were waiting for a big storm to pass. Right. So so then we offered them to you know come to the farm or do a hike. Uh huh. And then is when we found out uh, Orlando Bloom was on board. So wow. <laughs> I went with him. I was, yeah, I think it was maybe twelve or something like that. Uh huh. And we went on a hike to a waterfall we have there. So we spent the whole day with him. Oh, so, so you were his tour guide. You were Orlando Bloom's tour guide. Oh, that's a claim to fame. That's great. That's one of the best answers ever we've had for that question. Okay. Uh, emergency rations. So which is your favorite food to take to Antarctica on any expedition? Um, or to have on an expedition? Yeah. I think I would take... we. We've got. They tell me the name of it in in English, but I can't remember it. We call it mantecol, uh -huh. and it's sort of a peanut sweet, um, like a thick paste actually. Right. Okay. And like a peanut butter, or it's more. Like, it doesn't taste that much like peanut butter. No. So you do have a, like a very light taste of the peanuts. It, okay. it, has, it has a big mix of, of things and like almond yeah. oil and other things oh, inside. I've not it. heard of this. And it's. Yeah. I don't know. I love it, and you know, it's also. 
quite you, you do get like some some protein in it because of of the okay. peanuts and other nuts it so has and a good food for and quite good you. energy so uh -huh. i don't think it's the best option but it comes as a paste yeah, yeah. so it's like okay. It's like a very thick paste, you know, you, it really depends. Sometimes you're going to have it quite hard, Yeah. but other times it's more softish. Oh, so. okay. And what's it called again? It's uh, Mantecol. Mantecol. Well, Mantecol actually is the brand of it, yeah, the, the okay. most known one. So yeah. the actual thing, I don't really know. No. It's like, you know, these things that everyone calls okay. it by the brand. Okay, yeah. Um, <laughs> so that's the food. And do you have a special item you always keep with you when you travel? Um, no. Well, I guess after also hearing about all these uh, misfortune people have during the travels, I do tend to take my small, very basic emergency kit, survival Good. kit. Yeah, cool. So I guess, yeah. yeah. So what's in your emergency kit? Well, I've got a bit of everything. I've yeah. got a, a lighter, a uh -huh. small compass. I've yeah. got some very basic first aid things. Oh, cool. Uh, some, Is it in like a tin? or? Yeah, I have yeah. a small little tin. Oh, that's uh, good. I do not know the name in English, but these saws are like a little rope. Yeah, yeah. Uh, oh, also yeah. matches inside of a yeah, small... For cutting, yeah. In a, in, a, in a little bag. Yeah. A candle. Okay. Um, cool. I've got these, you know these uh, chemical lights that you break? Yeah. But I've got some that are for fishing, so it's really small. Yeah. But it's just, you know, have at least a little bit of light in case you need to like read a map or something. Yeah. Oh, that's pretty And nice. a few more things. Sounds a very sensible thing to take with you when you're traveling. So. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and yet, finally, your thoughts about Antarctica. Why do you think it's such a special place? It's, it's hard because I think it means different to different people. You know, I mm -hmm. think it represents something quite unique to each one. Mm -hmm. So there's a very big variety of opinions uh, i also think that coming on on europa it's it's part of it as well it's uh, a very different way to come it's definitely. a very different way yeah. also you know you, you usually you kind of suffer the drake a bit also <laughs> and i think that's that's a bit part of, of the process you know you mm. and also like the voyage crew they you know they have to do the lookouts you have to steer you have yeah. with the sail handling yeah so it's kind of you got to earn it to get yeah. there yeah that's how that i felt i think and it's the yeah. big difference you know with with the big cruise ships that you know some of them there's some that they'll cross the drake in a day uh -huh. uh, there's people that are going to fly to the south shetlands yeah, and get in a boat it's just like getting um, in a tube train or something yeah yeah, just, yeah and later also there's so many people on those ships that i think you don't really get to bond as much while mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. here it's you know it's three weeks yeah and oh, this was a short group this time but mm. people really I think it's also again this of being in a so such a small ship and yeah, yeah. and sharing the watches. You really get to bond and get really close yeah, to people. That's what I've enjoyed in in a really short time. Uh -huh. So you and it's also since it's small groups, it's more calm and more personalized. You can kind of see what people like that's and good. accommodate You're a good it. advert for Bark Europa. <laughs> yeah, and we have to pay you commission now. <laughs> so I think it's it's a complete pack, dude. I I don't yeah. really know what the experience would be with the, something something different mm. so you know you put all of that together and it makes a really special occasion but I think what I like about it is just uh, how how wild and how harsh it can be eh, sometimes mm. Mm. and it's, I just think um, I was saying it's, it's like an the best national park in the world yeah you know? <laughs> it's amazing because you know, on, on one hand you know I was raised on, on farms in, in Tierra del Fuego so you you're quite used to being isolated or, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. or you know there's places where yeah maybe no one ever stepped you know they're really big the farms you know the land is not that fertile so you yeah. know they tend to be big farms yeah and and of course there's been around because you make a fence and th everything but in, like the in-betweens 
and you keep on finding things and uh -huh. and also the, the the lifestyle on farms here it's 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 also really you know you hear about this living in a base in antarctica and a lot of things aren't that different uh-huh uh so you, on one hand it was a bit a bit used to that but then yeah just just the the wildlife and and yeah, just those harsh environment you, that yeah. is always there. It really makes yeah. you think, you know, wow, what, what an amazing place. It is amazing. Thank you so much. That's absolutely brilliant. So, so thanks for listening. Uh, to find out more about the Request 2021 project and how you can support and follow our progress, just visit our website on www.request2021.org.uk. So that's www request2021.org.uk and please give this podcast a review on iTunes uh, share it out and spread the word to anyone you know who's interested in scouting and Antarctica thank you